Welcome to your daily affirmations. Repeat after me, working with others is easier than ever. I strive for perfect collaboration. Our teamwork keeps getting better. Yeah, affirmations are great, but Monday.com can really get you the teamwork you desire. Work together easily and share files, updates, data, and just about anything you want all in one platform. Affirm yes to start. Or tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This is Classical Ideas with Greg Soden. Welcome to Classical Ideas. This is Greg Soden. I brought back the punk rock theme music for another chat with a punk rocker. Today I'm speaking with Miguel Chen. Miguel is the bassist of Fat Records punk rock band Teenage Bottle Rocket, the owner of Blossom Yoga with locations in Laramie and Cheyenne, Wyoming, and a newly released author of the book I Want to Be Well, How a Punk Found Peace and You Can Too, out now from Wisdom Publications. I'm very excited to have Miguel on the show. I love his band. I'm excited for his book, and I am fortunate enough to have him on this show. We talk about yoga practice, writing, touring, his recommendations for being successful in yoga and meditation, and I'm also going to end the show with my favorite song from Teenage Bottle Rocket. It's called Fatso Goes Nutsoid from the fantastic Teenage Bottle Rocket record. They came from the shadows out from Fat Records. Without further delay, here's my conversation with author, yogi, and punk rocker Miguel Chen, whose new book, I Want to Be Well, is out now. One, two, three, four. Hey, this is Greg Soden. I'm here today with the Classical Ideas Podcast, and I am talking to Miguel Chen. Miguel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Thanks for having me, Greg. I'm wondering if you can just go ahead and introduce yourself for a second, maybe say what your day job is and what you are known for. 
Yeah, my name is Miguel Chen, and my day job, that's, that's a weird question. <laughs> um, well, I, I own and run two yoga studios, um, Blossom Yoga in Laramie and Cheyenne, Wyoming. I'm a 500-hour registered yoga teacher. I play bass in Teenage Bottle Rockets. And now I write books, I guess. That's fantastic. You're expanding your rep- your repertoire. Yeah, not sure which one of those counts as the day job, but that's what I do. Nice, right on. Well, I got to know you through your band. I'm a, uh, disclaimer, a Teenage Bottle Rocket fan. And when I found out that you were involved in uh, the world of spirituality and yoga and meditation several years ago through your uh, writing in Lion's Roar, I got really excited to uh, see where your life was going to take you, so I'm super grateful to be talking to you today. Um, and I have sort of like a... Yeah so, yeah, so thank you so much. So I have a sort of a hypothetical question for you to start off, just for fun. So uh, I'm, a high sc- I'm a high school teacher, and I teach a religious studies class, and every year I have 60 seniors that I talk to about all the world's religions, and I have a lot of guest speakers. So I'm curious if you can imagine that I invited you to be a guest speaker in my religions class to talk to high school seniors about meditation practice and maybe even yoga. Uh, what is some of your best advice for why meditation should matter to young people who are like on the cusp of the world? And like, why should they consider meditating? Yeah, you know... I I always look back at my life and and see a lot of unnecessary suffering that I went through and that if I'd had these kind of tools my process might have been a lot smoother with with that being said you know everything kind of has to happen the way it does and I'm not sure I would appreciate these tools the way I do now if they had just you know been given to me at a young age, but I will say, um, there's a long road ahead of you, hypothetical high school student, and the more time you spend to be, to work on your connection with yourself, the, the smoother this road might be. Beautiful. What kind of um like suggestion would you give for like somebody who's never meditated before? Like what should they like shoot for as far as like an actual practical experience? Like say they sit down on a cushion, like what would you tell them to do for the first time? For the very first time I would be like, just sit comfortably and breathe. And you know, you'll you'll see a lot of meditation practices they're kind of all over the place, like um, things you should be visualizing or um, things you should be saying or doing. But I think you can take all of that away and just sit and breathe. And as best you can, try and only sit and breathe. And when you think, when you find that your thoughts have taken you somewhere really far away from your sitting and breathing, just kind of, with a friendly attitude, take note that you've been distracted and return to sitting and breathing. Um, that would be the meditation instructions. And 
and and the biggest pointer I think I could give about it is that even if it doesn't feel like anything's happening, just give it time. And not so much time as in the like, I'm going to sit down for an hour until something happens, but more time as in I'm going to, I'm going to sit every day. And, and even if it's only for like five minutes every day, if you start doing this consistently over time, you're going to start to notice a, a little bit of stillness. Yeah, I think that's great. And it just kind of opens it up to practice a little bit um, for people who have never done it before. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was going to say opening it up for people who have never done it before. Like that's, that's exactly the point. I, I, I want people to be aware that it's not really big and scary. It's not like super mystical or anything. It, it can be a really approachable, simple practice. Absolutely. And something that you can just, you know, use in your day to life just to kind of calm you down and help you deal with your like anger and frustrations and the little th- annoyances that pick at us over the day to day lives. So thank you for those instructions. I think that's a really nice little succinct way of putting it. You're very welcome. <laughs> so um, we are talking on February 16th, 2018, and we are on the cusp of a very big day for you, February 20th, 2018. Your brand new book is coming out from Wisdom Publications, and it's called I Want to Be Well, How a Punk Found Peace and You Can Too. And I love the title, um, I Want to Be Well. It's a nice little uh, play on the Ramones, I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. All Ramones all the time, man. Love it. So what were you like before you realized that you wanted wellness and you set out on your journey of being well? It depends on on who you talk to, I guess. Um, From my perspective, I think I, I just wanted to party and just to have fun and I was really desperately looking for a way to not be so sad or angry. Um, If you talk to like some of my best friends, they're like, you were just straight up an asshole back then. (laughs) But um, yeah, for me, I maybe a little bit nihilistic. I just, I, I didn't care about a lot of stuff that I really just had this mentality of like, well, we're all going to die. So fuck it. Like I'm going to, I'm just going to party and play music. And that's all I give a shit about. So I know that you spend like six months of the year, um, like traveling around the world. And that doesn't really seem like the best way of, you know, maintaining, um, like a yoga practice or a spiritual practice or a meditation practice. Like what's your life like on the road whenever you're trying to do these strategies of wellness? Yeah, man. Um, well, every morning, no matter what, I I find some time for meditation. And as as I get a little older, like, that becomes more and more. So, for example, lately my practice at home is 
about an hour and a half of yoga and then half an hour of meditation every morning. So when I'm on the road, obviously that's not quite as easy, but I do, I do my best to every day, no matter what, before everyone wakes up and we just go back to chaos to implement as much of that as possible. So sometimes that means sitting maybe only for 15 or 20 minutes. And if I'm lucky, 30 or 40 minutes of yoga, but I'm really kind of strict with myself about you have to do something. I always think consistency is like the most important aspect of these things. And so this is meant I don't party quite as much as I used to on the road. So maybe I'm like every third or fourth night, I'll have a few beers and hang out with the guys instead of like just being wasted every single night for a month straight, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I sleep more. I, I go to bed earlier, I think, than the rest of my band so that I can make sure I'm awake in time the next morning to get my practices in because it just keeps me happy. It keeps me in balance. Awesome. And, yeah, I want to yeah. hear I want to hear about your book too. So I kind of want to talk about this. It's not quite out yet. I do have it pre-ordered, so I'm really excited about it. But uh what is the premise of the book for people who might be interested in reading it? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of these these practices in yoga or Buddhism or just spirituality in general can seem like I mentioned earlier, really mystical or really, like, really distant, I think, from from the average punk rocker's life. And I wanted to present these things in a way that maybe is more approachable and not so so crazy sounding because if you really boil these things down to their essence, their practices that are meant for everybody, regardless of religion or beliefs or lifestyles. You know, it's really like, let's say yoga. If you really start to study yoga, it's kind of a scientific thing that that transcends religion. But so many people are afraid to try these things because of the way it's normally presented or ideas that they have in their head about what it is and what it isn't. So I saw an opportunity like here I am, I'm, I'm a punk rock guy in a punk rock band and I have a chance to present these practices to, you know, to people like me in a, in a language that we can understand. So, you know, every book kind of has, a theme and, and I'll, I'll give little stories or examples from my own life. And at the end of each chapter, I give a, a really simple practice. So it can be like a meditation practice or a breathing practice or um, like a super simple yoga practice. And it's just something for the reader to try out a few times and see if maybe that works with them. So there's like 20 some chapters in the book. Each chapter has a practice. 
and, and my hope is that if people read the book and start to pick up even one or two or three of those practices, that maybe they'll start to see a difference in their life. That's excellent. So there's like some cool little stories. I'd imagine there's some stories from the road and some stories from your past and then like a, an actual thing that somebody can do in their everyday life just to feel a, like a little bit better in their everyday world where we're all being shuffled along at like seeming like the speed of light, you know? Absolutely. It, it was really important to me from the beginning. Like I, I didn't just want to write like a memoir, like here's my story because I mean, who gives a shit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like I, I didn't want the book to only be about me. So I, I felt it was really important to include something that the reader could take and make their own. So hence why here's, here's all of these practices, check them out. Maybe some of it's going to speak to you. When you were thinking about like writing this book, like, did you have a moment where you realized that you had something to say about wellness um, and how we live our lives that like other people weren't saying, like, did you, when did you like find your voice sort of as a writer? It's strange enough to say I think I found my voice as a writer on Facebook of all the horrible dark places on this (laughs) planet. But, um, you know, I talk about this a little in the book, but for me, like, social media really kind of struck me as, like, this amazing, awesome thing because traveling around so much, you know, we make friends in so many places all over the world. And here was this social media platform where we can hang out with all of our buddies from all over the world whenever we want to. How cool is that in theory? Mm -hmm. And then you log on and everything's just so negative and so shitty just constantly. And... And I was like, I don't want everyone just to be sad or angry all the time. So I took it upon myself, like, I'm going to interject here and there, and I'm just going to write something super positive to try and turn this around just a little bit. And and people kind of started to take notice of that, which eventually, as I was just sort of honestly sharing some positivity for myself. I I started to get some offers to do some interviews and some articles here and there. And and that's what led me to, to writing this book. Um I I was just writing and sharing positive stuff because that's what I felt like I should do and I was approached by Wisdom Publications who had caught wind of some of my articles and they asked if if I would consider writing a book. That's awesome. And one thing, so everything you just said reminded me of the uh, the propaganda song from Failed State's uh, status update where he sings, a billboard in my face, a bullhorn in my ear, and those lyrics. So I just really appreciate the fact that you're trying to bring a little bit of goodness to this realm that we have been sucked into, like every single person. So that just reminded me of that song. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. 
yeah. love propaganda. Oh my gosh, they're the greatest. Um, so you wrote a Lions Roar article a couple years ago, uh, and you discussed like this like mentality of like us versus them that seemed to control you for a long time. And I really enjoy the article. Um, so you also discussed it sort of on Chris Grasso's Indie Spiritualist podcast in 2015. Um, what does like the combination of meditation, touring and being in a band, running a yoga studio, writing books, how does this help you see more clearly um, about our world and life? Because, I mean, you have like this really interesting like four-part lifestyle that almost nobody else has. So you combine these four worlds that I don't know if anybody really else can speak to, you know? Yeah, I mean... Let's start with this, like that us versus them thing I was writing about a few years ago in that article. Mm-hmm. Like it's worse now than ever, right? Absolutely. And and our country is like super torn and super divided. And, you know, look where it's getting us. It, like nobody gets what they want in the end and things kind of just get worse and worse. And, um, I think anyone with a long meditation practice or um, a steady yoga practice or just a dedicated spiritual practice over time will have moments where they realize that we're not as different as we think we are, that we're all a lot more connected than we think we are and you have these moments these aha moments where it's like oh I am that and that is me and this this person that I think is so different from me it's not it's just me so so the more I can try and understand them the more I can understand myself and the more we're going to work towards something that works for everybody. Like we're never, we're never going to really get ahead in life by trying to bring other people down. It's just not reality. So you start to look for ways to build connections and, and to move forward in a way that that builds everybody up. Yeah. I can't really remember the original question at this point, but I hope that I've answered. Yeah, you know, I was just curious like about um, how these practices um, help you see the world in a different way. And I think that you totally answered it because you talked about the length of your spiritual practice and how it helps you to see that we're not all different. And there's so many things in the world that are happening around us that everybody would be inclined to think that we are so different but we are letting ourselves fall into this trap of believing that that's true when it isn't necessarily all that true. Yeah. I'll I'll also add this, you know, there's like in, in the yoga world, I'm, I'm like tattooed punk rock guy. And in the punk rock world, I'm like yoga guy and, growing up as like a Chinese Mexican American it was like if I go back to Mexico to visit my in-laws I was like the American cousin but if I was in the States I was like the Mexican guy and and 
you know, there's in, in one aspect, I've always sort of been out of place everywhere that I go. Mm-hmm. But in another aspect, I've always really belonged everywhere that I go. And, and people, we think it's so dualistic, like either you are or you aren't, but with enough practice, you start to be like, you know, I am, I am an individual, but I am also not as different as I think that I am. And, and I do belong. So there's that aspect as well. I love it. Um, so you wrote the indie. You were on the indie spirituals podcast and wrote us versus them three years ago. About have you had any like major breakthroughs or moments in your life when like your meditation and yoga practice has really helped you sustain wellness in the past like three years since that article came out? Are there any like additions that you would add? Yeah. Um... Oh boy. I would say when I was first getting into this meditation was kind of the only thing about it that mattered. And it took me a long time to get into a physical yoga practice. And then even when I did start doing that, I, I was drawn to, to teaching. I was like, oh, like there's something here. I can help people connect with and get their own bodies healthy, which in turn helps them meditate. But a little, over time, I spent so much time teaching that I kind of started to lose my own practice. And even though I was still sitting every day, I wasn't necessarily taking the best control, or care of my body, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that was something that kind of came back around to me. It was like, you know, there's a reason that you got into this aspect of it. And it's that if your body is healthy and happy, that's one layer that is taken care of. So now you can really focus on sitting down and breathing and meditating and not have to worry about, like, do my legs hurt? Can I breathe? Does my back hurt? And when I came to that realization, even like super recently, I was just recently in India and dedicated myself to my personal practice, like my personal yoga practice more deeply, I think than I, than I ever have. And that really brought me back to, you know, as a teacher, it's important to, first and foremost, be a good student. What did you uh, get to do in India that you've never done before? Um, Fight off monkeys on my way to school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, it was, you know, I, I was there and I would be up at five in the morning and I would start doing cleansing practices and chanting and meditation. I'd have a few hours of really vigorous yoga in the morning and then same in the evening. And because I was over there and, you know, obviously the band wasn't doing any shows, 
and my wife was home taking care of the businesses. Like for the first time I had time just to 24 hours a day. My entire life is only about practice. Like I don't have any emails to check. I don't have any shows to book. I can just, I wake up, I start, it's, it's yoga and meditation and that goes on until I go to sleep. And it was really super hard. Yeah. But, um, but also really good and like amazing. Like really good is an understatement, but you know, there's a saying like, it's really easy to be super spiritual if you live up in a cave in some mountain or somewhere like by yourself, it's super easy to, you know, be really Zen and blissful. But when you come back to your real life, how do you, then how do you practice these things? And I, I think that that's, that's real life. Like I still of course want to be in my real life and I still want to be a musician and a teacher and run businesses, you know, Mm -hmm. but I also have this aspect. And so the, the, the trick is integrating my practice with my real daily life. Um, If I lived up in a cave in some mountain, even though I had my whole life to dedicate to spiritual practice, I'd be, I think a pretty miserable guy. Absolutely. Um, I did my first uh, silent retreat recently in a Korean tradition, and the power of being able to just dedicate for long periods of time to a practice is just so profound, and I find myself ready to come back to the world, but I also find myself excited for like several months down the line when I can walk away again and do another little retreat. So I'm looking forward to diving into that a little more myself. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It it is super cool and and to some extent it's a little addictive. Yeah. I think. But so I'll say it it's really good for us to do immersions and to completely submerge ourselves in our practice for a period of time. And then when the time is over it's time to let go, right? And to get back to our lives and to take the things we've learned and put it back into our life. Right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So People in the West, like, I think that a lot of people around think that meditation practice is kind of like a fad. Like, they'll do it once or twice, and they'll ditch it, or they won't practice regularly. So, I know my journey has certainly been like that, and I'd imagine yours is kind of, like, marred by inconsistencies a little bit now and then. Um, But what do you think have been some of, like, your major differences between doing, like, a daily practice versus, like, a weekly or a semi-monthly, like, fad practice that a lot of people seem to do? Yeah. You, I think you will never truly gain the benefits of a practice unless you're consistent. And um, I tell my students all the time, like, I would rather that you sit and meditate every day, even if it's only for five or ten minutes. Do it every day versus, like, dedicate an hour or a day, or a week, you know, here and there, and then go back to not doing it. I think the true benefits and the true progress really 
only comes when we're consistent. Um, and and I've I've learned that really the hard way. Like, you know, I would have periods of time where I was like, cool, I'm, I'm sitting for half an hour in the morning and half an hour at night, and this is great. And then oh, I'm going to skip a couple days here and there because I'm too tired, I'm on tour, and the whole thing falls to shit. Yeah. And and next thing I know, my practice is completely off schedule. It's almost like just starting from scratch where when I've powered through and been like, okay, I'm really tired and I'm on tour, but I have to do 10 minutes today, no matter what. Then it's like a, a placeholder. I never lose my practice. I continue to make some progress. And even though some days it feels like I'm, I'm not at all, the the overall picture is that I, I've come a long way. Do you notice any differences like in your creativity or like when you're performing with the band? Like, have you noticed like you're like dialed in more in those moments that are like artistic? Yeah. I'll say, so we talk a lot, I think, in yoga or, or Buddhism, we talk a lot about no mind. And actually, as I was leaving India, the the Swami who runs the school I was at was like, you know, someone asks you, what what's yoga? And everyone had their answers. And the Swami was like, here's, here's the answer. He said, yoga is... Chitta Vritti Niroda. And that just means, translates to yoga stops the fluctuations of the mind. And and I think that's so true that with enough time, all of a sudden we find these moments where we're not we're not thinking. And we're just doing something. And there's such a pure raw connection which I, I didn't realize it growing up necessarily, but it was really easy for me to access that when I was playing music. Like the difference between a good show and a bad show was, am I thinking or am I here playing my bass? Mm, Love it. And yeah. And, and it's really like, it's accessible. Like anything in our life can, can bring us there. Like, am I thinking or am I walking my dogs? And you know, um, the, the, the sort of pure connection. I think the more we practice it with yoga or meditation, the more easily it comes in the rest of our lives. And, and when we find a little bit of, of stillness, that's when our creativity really kind of pours out. Like if I'm sitting down and I'm like, oh, I have to write, versus if I do my morning practice and then sit down to write. The process is a lot smoother in the latter scenario. Because I'm not thinking about writing. I'm just, I'm just writing. Nice. So you've got like you've mentioned your friends a whole bunch of times in this conversation, and I know that we have a couple mutual friends. Um, but have you ever been able to get any of your uh, peers in the punk world um, curious about your practices? Have you ever been able to get anybody like turned on to meditation or yoga, like in the scene? Yeah, I mean, there, there's of course like a mixed bag of of uh, 
<laughs> reactions to this stuff in punk rock, but it's kind of like, well, you just do what you do, and some people take notice, and and for some people it really resonates. For some people, they're like, that's a bunch of hippie bullshit, and <laughs> and that's fine too. Like, I, you know, not offended. I can I can respect that, but um, you know, I do these events with my wife. It's called Yoga for Punks, and generally. It's like if Bottle Rocket's playing a music festival and I'm there already, I'll book a free yoga class. And they're really well attended. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people come up and do these things at like Fest or like Pooza Fest, like times when, you know, a lot of people are still asleep or hungover or, or already getting drunk again. Like there's this big group of dedicated people who make time to come practice yoga with us and they share a lot of their stories about, you know, what got them into this or how much they appreciate that we are offering this and periodically they'll give us stories about, about, you know, how we might've inspired them to start these things and and for me that's that's what it like the most important gratifying thing of all like I, I'm so grateful whenever someone tells me like hey I saw you post something or I read something you did and and I decided to give these things a try and and it's it's working for me so, so why do you so you may be the same as me but um Back in like 2003, Dharma Punks and Hardcore Zen came out from Brad Warner and Noah Levine. And those two books brought me the realization that the music that I love that runs through my veins can be associated with a philosophy that's also aligned with spirituality and spiritualism. So like, why do you think that punk and spiritualism seem to go well together? Because I've been thinking about this question for like the last... 14 years and I'm just curious what your take on it is yeah man um a little like I was talking about earlier this this feeling of like being an individual but also belonging to something I think that the punk rock is is really you know an individual expression within like a larger community so this is who I am and nobody in this community is going to judge me for it. Like I'm a part of this. And so the more true you are to yourself, the more you belong to this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that spirituality is just that, you know, on steroids. It's, it's the deeper within myself, I dive and connect to, the pure essence of what I truly am, the more I can understand and connect to my place in this world and understand my connections with everyone around me. You start to see every single event, every single particle of this life as part of something greater. And, and you are an important part of this. 
Do you have any spiritual mentors or authors that you look up to that you'd like to give a shout out to? Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as authors, you already mentioned Brad and Noah. They're, they're wonderful. Um, my friend Chris Grasso, of course, of Indie Spiritualist, is, is great. But um, moving maybe a little away from, like, the punk rock stuff and more into, like, traditional spiritualists, like, I think that BKS Iyengar was, was a genius about this stuff. Like he figured out ways to present yoga to people who could have never done some of these practices, like especially physically. And he found ways to modify and incorporate props to, to really make this accessible to a whole new group of people. So, so he's a super huge one in my own life. Um, I've been blessed with with many many teachers. Um, most recently, you know, like I mentioned, my Swami Swami Sudhir in in Rishikesh, India, being a very wise, gentle, peaceful, and and some of my gurus over there, um, Guruji Sumit and Guruji Sanjeev. Um, I'm just so blessed to have had time with them and to take in their teachings. Awesome. So Miguel, I am really grateful to you for spending this time with me today uh, for Classical Ideas. Congratulations uh, wholeheartedly from me on the publication of your brand new book, I Want to Be Well. It's awesome. Can't wait. And I'm just curious if you can tell people where to find you in the world if they want to connect to hear about your upcoming stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you happen to be in the Rocky Mountain area, uh, March 1st, we're doing like a book release party at my studio, Blossom Yoga in Laramie. Um, You know, Bottle Rocket's always traveling around, of course, and I'm always happy to to sit and chat at our shows. We've got a Texas tour coming up. We're going to, we're going all over. You can check out teenagebottlerocket.com for that stuff. But, um, good way to stay updated on my stuff is probably just miguelchen.net. Awesome. Thank you, Miguel. Yeah. Thank you so much, Craig. That was my conversation with Miguel Chen, author of I Want to Be Well, out now from Wisdom Publications. Miguel is also the bassist in the punk rock band Teenage Bottle Rocket, and we're going to play a song from them now. This is from their album, They Came from the Shadows. This is Fatso Goes Nutsoid.
Classical Ideas podcast is produced by me, Greg Soden. Music on this podcast was written by Patrick Ritter and performed by me and Patrick Ritter. Additional music was written and performed by Teenage Bottle Rocket. And the closing track that you're hearing now is composed and performed by Derek Strybig. If you like this podcast, please give it a rating in iTunes. Give it a subscription. Share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.